you're so troubled you don't think you count at all waves may seem like mountains when your boat is oh so small but somewhere past the clouds waits a new day to begin sometimes it takes a storm to calm the storm within sometimes it takes a storm to know you need a shelter when the anchors in a storm to find a hiding place they were drifting in the darkness and the sea was all around they cried out to the master please save us or we'll drown jesus heard the cries and mercy still the wind sometimes it takes a storm to see the sun again storm for I found my hiding place 
thank you for the storms. Lord, you are my hiding place. You may have remained standing. Take your Bibles, turn with me to Joshua chapter 4. We're going to stand up for anything. We're going to stand up for the Word of God this morning. It's worth standing up for. It's good to be in the Lord's house. Thank you for being here. It's good to have a good crowd. I want to thank all the singers this morning and the group. And Well, I tell you, Jesus has been magnified in this place. I want to remind you, this is not a, a uh, funeral home. This is a church house where God's people celebrate what we have in Jesus. It's all right to smile. Y'all try it one time. There you go. That's a little better. It's all right to enjoy the Lord. It's all right to enjoy what you have in Jesus. And I want to say this this morning, this group that sang, as you can tell, that's my father-in-law. And uh, he didn't run me down too bad this morning. But I am so thankful for them. And that whole group raised the best thing that I have in my life, and that's my wife. But I've known most of them my entire life, and to see them serving the Lord, to, to know what they have meant to me and in my ministry. Uh, the first year of seminary, when I wasn't pastoring anywhere, I joined Eastside, and uh, there was a reason, because of Lacey. That's where Lacey was. And, uh, I hate to say the Lord led me there, but Lacey led me there. And uh, God worked it all out, and God put the right people in my life to mold me and make me uh, into what God wants me to be. God's good, folks. He's been good all of these years. He's going to continue to be good. It just blesses my heart to see Brother O.L. here this morning, Miss Joanne here this morning, Miss Francis here this morning. Man, what a blessing. What a blessing. Joshua chapter 4, and in verse 4, it says, Then Joshua called the twelve men whom ye had who had prepared excuse me, of the children of Israel, out of every tribe a man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan, and take you up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. I want you to look in verse 19. And the people came up out of the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month and encamped in Gilgal and the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal and he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until ye were passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over, that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that ye might fear the Lord your God forever. You may be seated. 
I want to speak to you this morning on this subject, the stones of testimony. The stones of testimony. If you were not here Wednesday night, you missed a, a wonderful, wonderful service. We gathered around this place, and on a Wednesday night, it was unreal to see all the people that was in this place gathered around, holding hands, praying for our community, lifting up those that have lost their job this week, and just praying about things going on. And then we had a, a preaching service, and I preached about 20 minutes. I know y'all probably can't believe that. But I only preached about 20 minutes, and then we got done, and I just talked about the goodness of God. And I said, you know what? Why don't y'all just tell me how good God is? And all around the room, people began to stand up and begin to talk about the goodness of God. And most of the time in these services, we talk when we give our testimony, we talk about the spiritual things. We talk about our salvation and, and the different spiritual things that God has done for us. But in this service, it was a little different. We began to talk about the physical things that God has done in our life. And all over this room, we went an hour of giving testimonies. People began to talk about when they lost their job and how God provided for them. People began to talk about how they lost their kids in death in tragedy, and how they lost their spouse in tragedy, and how God worked it all out. And all over this room, people begin to talk about the goodness and the greatness of an almighty God. And this scripture came to my heart and mind because that's what Joshua intended with these 12 stones that he commanded to pitch there and put there at Gilgal is that those stones would stand as their testimony to the greatness and the glory of an almighty God. That these stones would give an excuse to tell somebody the good things that God had done for them. And as long as those stones were there, they had a reason. They had a reason to tell the children and the grandchildren. And Joshua said, as the kids come by and they look at these these 12 stones that were taken out of the river Jordan, that slap full of water now, but took them back to the day that God dried it up. You see, these stones gave these people a reason. These stones gave these people a reason to share the hope that they have in an almighty God. I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad of the stones that I have in my life. Reasons to share with people of the goodness and the greatness of God. You say, preacher, I don't know how to witness to anybody. If you're saved today, you have some stones in your life. You have some reasons to give God honor and glory. And you say, well, I don't know the Bible. Well, praise the Lord, if you know God, that's all you need to tell somebody about Jesus. These stones stood as a monument to the greatness of God, that God works in the life of people. Friend, understand we don't serve a dead God. We don't serve a God who doesn't care. We don't serve a God who's up in heaven exalted, not worried about us. God loves us. God's grace is showered down upon us every single day. And because of that grace, because of that love, we have stones in our life that can share with people the goodness and the greatness of an almighty God. I want to uh, talk about some stones this morning, a few that I thought about. Number one, I want to talk to you about the stone of reformation. And I believe this stone stands and represents the salvation of God. And I hope and pray today that within your heart and within your life, 
that you have the stone of salvation. That experience that you can go back to of the day that you met Jesus and made Him your personal Savior. I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad I've got the stone of salvation in me that I can tell the whole world about how good God is, about how He came to me when I couldn't go to Him. And He came and He saved me and delivered me from the penalty of sin. Man, aren't you glad that God saved you? And in my life, I have the stone of salvation. I want you to look there in verse 7. It said, Then ye shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. You see, these stones represented that God saved them. God saved them. And as the children will walk by, and old grandpa sitting there at the stones, and the kids say, Peppaw, what do these stones mean? What do they represent? Peppaw would begin to tell him, tell them the same story that he was told by his daddy and grandfather about how they were in Egyptian bondage for over 400 years and how they were slaves to sin. And then one glorious day, God delivered them from the bondage of sin and that God set them free. And oh, I can only imagine how Peppaw would begin to talk about the story of how uh, great-great-great-grandpa would go out and he would get that lamb that day. And oh man, there was nerves going around because the death angel was coming. And man, they were scared to death. But old grandpa got to talking about how great-great-great-grandpa went out and got a lamb. And he killed that lamb and he shed the blood of that lamb and he put that lamb upon the doorpost. And as home after home was nervous and scared to death, God's people sat in that home enjoying the feast of the Passover lamb. Not only did they shed the blood, but they took all of that lamb and they ate every bit of that lamb. There were people scared to death. There were people terrified. But all God's people were enjoying the blood of the lamb. And that day they were set free from Egyptian bondage. And they were set free and they got out of that sin and out of that bondage because of the blood of the lamb. And I believe every time a child would begin to ask about that stone. The blood of Jesus was brought up. I believe every time that somebody said, what do those stones mean? I believe the blood of the Lamb was talked about. I believe the blood of the Lamb was glorified. You can't talk about God without talking about the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And if you're saved today, you have a stone. And the importance of that stone goes all the way back to the precious blood of Jesus Christ. I want you to know that this morning. I have a, a testimony. I have a reason to rejoice. Why? Because God took a black heart. He washed it in red blood and He made it white as snow. I don't know about y'all, but that's worth talking about. That's worth talking about. I care less what LSU or Arkansas did yesterday. Folks, we need to tell people about the day the precious blood of Jesus washed us through and through. Cleaned us, redeemed us, and forgave us. Man, what a stone. Man, they'd get talking about the blood of the Lamb upon that doorpost. Oh, I imagine them old men get excited. Man, you get on me how excited I get sometimes. But man, I can just picture old Paul sitting there by the stone just getting excited talking about the blood of the Lamb. It ought to do something for us God's people. It ought to do something for us saved people to talk about the blood of the Lamb. Oh, man, isn't it precious? Not only did it represent the salvation of God, but the restoration of God.
How many times the nation of Israel was disobedient? How many times the nation of Israel rebelled against God even after they'd been brought out of Egypt, even after the blood had set them free? There were times that they were disobedient and rebellious. I think about the time when Moses went up on the mountain with God and got the Levitical law. Man, he was up there a long time and God's people, man, they got tired of waiting on him. And so they took the earrings off and their necklaces off and they melted them down and they began to form little idols and they began to worship those idols. You say, preacher, I can't believe they did that. Well, we do that every day. We may not make little idols, but we all have little gods in our life. We're saved by the blood of the Lamb, but there's times that we're sorry in our relationship with God. There's times that we left the fellowship and the joy of our salvation. I want you to know today that I have some stones in my life of, of, uh, of restoration, times that I got out of the will of God, but God brought me back. God forgave me. God restored me. I want you to know that I've got some prodigal stories in my life. And I bet you have some too. Times that you were disobedient. Times that you were sorry. But God restored you. God brought you back in the fellowship. Praise the Lord for the prodigal son. Aren't you glad that when he came to himself, Daddy got the best robe out and he got the ring out and a feast was made because the, the, the child came home and got right with Daddy. I'm glad that every time that I'm willing to get right with my Heavenly Father, He opens His arms wide open and receives me back into the fellowship. Folks, I want you to know there's been times that God has restored me and restored me over and over and over again. I'll tell you what, i got a reason to praise His holy name. Because I've been restored. But there's also times of deliverance. I can only imagine Pepaw sitting there on that stone telling his grandson, said, listen, when they got out of Egyptian bondage, they took off and Pharaoh took all of the, the soldiers and they took off after them. And uh, our great leader Moses led them to the Red Sea. And here they come with the chariots and man, they were fixing to kill them and they thought that God had delivered them only to find another wall, only to find another trial, only to find another temptation. Let me tell you something, just because you're saved doesn't mean you're going to go through valleys. Doesn't mean you're going to face more walls. Child of God, you're going to face things every day in your life. But I want you to know we serve a faithful God that will step in and deliver us. Oh, I can just think about Paul talking about the blood of the Lamb. Then he got to talking about how old Moses took that, that, that rod and that staff and he lifted it up and that the Red Sea began to part. You say, preacher, that's unbelievable. No, it's not. I believe it. I believe it. And I know that it happened because my God can deliver us from anything when we get our backs against the wall and we think there's no way out. Friend, with God, there's always a way out. When we couldn't, He could. My goodness, folks, He's been there for us when we have not been there for Him. He's been faithful. He's been loyal. And He has delivered us after trial, after trial, after trial. All over this room Wednesday night, we heard testimony of the deliverance of God. Cancer being healed. Jobs being restored. Marriages being restored. I'm telling you, we serve a mighty God. We serve a powerful God that can deliver us from the trials that we go through. All of these trials that we have and God delivered us, 
they stand as a stone, a monument for the goodness and the greatness of God. Won't you notice the second stone, the stone of Revelation? You see, they talk about how God saved them, how God restored them, and how God delivered them. And when you begin to talk about what God's doing, you begin to give the revelation of God. You begin to talk about the person of God. In your testimony, you reveal who God is. You reveal His character. Man, when he began to talk about the faithfulness of God and how God was always there for them and how God loved them in spite of them and God continued to forgive them and redeem them, that revealed the character of God. Boy, Wednesday night we got to talk about testimonies. The character of God was revealed. I want you to know that your stones in your life reveal who God is. You say, preacher, who is He? Well, God is spirit. God is changeless. God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. God is everywhere. God is eternal. God is holiness. God is righteousness. God is love. God is truth. God is wisdom. God is grace. God is mercy. God is forgiveness. We can go on down the road about who all God is and what makes up His characteristics. Friend, He's everything. I could sit here all day and talk about the goodness and the greatness and the character of God. And I can just exhaust and use all the adjectives in all the world to tell you who God is. But when I tell you what He's done for me, it reveals how real He is. It reveals how holy He is. It reveals how much He loves me, how much He adores me. And friend, you want, you want God to be revealed, just start bragging on Him. And boy, the person of God is going to be revealed. And you don't have to preach near as much as you think you do if you just start praising Him. And just start talking about all the good times. Oh, I imagine Pep Paul got to talking about when he rained manna down from heaven. Whoo, he'd start getting excited. <sighs> he talked about all the times that he struck the rock and the water came out. Whoo, he just got excited. And them kids sitting there listening. Wow, what a big God. What a mighty God. He said, tell your children. Tell them who I am. You know why our kids don't know who He is? Because we're not telling about the stones in our life. Amen. He said, tell all the kids when they say, what mean these stones? You tell them. Amen. Amen. And then you won't have to tell them who I am. Because they'll know who I am. Because what I've done for you in your life. Man, I've got stones all in my life that reveal the character of God. Notice number two, it reveals the presence of God. You know what them kids realize? God never left them. Man, every story, I'm talking about every time that everything got bad, who was there? God. And you know what? He was never late. God's always on time. This reveals the presence of God. When you begin to talk about when you lost your job, when you begin to talk about when you got diagnosed with cancer, every time that I hear a child of God go through the trials and tribulations of life, you know what I always hear? Man, it was scary, but there was something within me 
There was, a, there was a peace and there was a joy within me that got me through that. Well, let me tell you something. That feeling inside wasn't indigestion. Hello? It was God. And when nobody else is there, God is there. And they continued to just tell the story of God. And all of the times and all their bad times and all their horror stories and all the times that they failed, God never failed them. God never left them. God never forsook them. God was always there. In promised land, God has always been here. God is here along with us in this journey. Miss Francis, He's never forsaken us. Not one time. God's always been there. When we couldn't pay the bills, He was there. When the church got down to nothing, He was there. When we went through trials and tribulations that we thought were going to take our life, God was there. Your wife may have left, your husband may have left, your children may have left, but God didn't leave. God didn't leave. You see, these stones revealed the presence of God, that God is always with His people. And as long as we're here, He's going to be here. Whew! I don't know about y'all, that excites me. Y'all can smile about that. It's all right, I ain't going to kill you. Man, God's in this place. You know what I want my kids to feel and to see and experience? is the presence of an almighty God. I'm not talking about emotion. I'm not talking about stirred up dramatic mess. I'm talking about the raw presence of the Holy Ghost of God to enjoy and to know what it is to be with God and for God to be with them. Man, I want them to experience uh, Disney World. I want them to experience the, the ball field and the games and the football. Folks, you ought to have a desire for your kids to get in the presence of God. And every time Peppaw began to talk about them stones, there was a reason behind that. Because he wanted that little boy or that little girl to find Jesus and to be saved and to get into the presence of God. Not only did it reveal his presence, but it revealed his power. Now it's all right. Y'all can start shouting for me right there if you want to. Or I'll shout for you. But I ain't going to let stones shout for me. Amen. I'm not going to let the rocks do my shouting for me because God's been good. And every time they talked about these stones, it revealed the almighty power of God. And I love the New Testament word for power that where we get our English word dynamite. It's dynamo. And the power of God is like the dynamite. It's explosive. It does things that you cannot imagine. You see, when God steps in, He does things that you would have never thought He could do. Man, have you ever been in a situation you say, well, there ain't no way. Well, don't you say that about God. Because with God, there's always a way. With God, there's always a way. Why? Because He has all power, all authority. He can do whatever He wants to you say, well, how come? Well, He made us. He made everything that we're dealing with in this earth. He made all of creation. And the man who put the, the God who put the stars in the sky and the moon and the sun and the birds and all of this, He can do whatever He wants to. Whew! He's powerful. I've seen Him heal cancer. I've seen Him do things. You say, well, God ain't as powerful as He was in the Old Testament. Yes, He is. Miss Betty, I wish they'd have been here the other night to hear your testimony 
about when you were in France with your husband and you had two little old boys and you lost your husband in the service and you had no idea how to get back to southeast Arkansas. But God got you back. Don't you tell me God's not powerful. Brother Frank, you got to talk about your job 10, 12 years ago when you were escorted out of the plant. You didn't know what you, what you were going to do. Oh, God's not powerful anymore. Frank Dodd, is he still powerful? He's got all power. We go across this room about the times we thought our life was over and God showed up and changed things. We talk about God like He's a God of the past. Well, man, He was good to Israel. Boy, He was good to them. He was good in all of the Bible times. Child of God, He's still good. And His power is still here on this earth. And He can still do mighty things. You know what? It'd do us good to say time out every now and then and talk about the power of God. Butch Hill, is the power of God still alive? God can do anything He wants to. When the doctors say there's no way out, God shows up and He provides a way. Man, what a God. Man, we got stones in our life just to reveal the power of an almighty God. I want you to go here to the end of the chapter in verse 24. It says that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty. He wants to reveal to all the people of the earth. But notice this, that you might fear the Lord your God forever. Won't you notice the stone of reverence? They told them about the goodness and the greatness of God, and all these things were revealed. God has a purpose for this. These stories ought to cause us to reverence God. When I sat here Wednesday night and I listened, stories that I've never heard since I've known you, y'all begin to tell about your stones of testimony. And as y'all said it, man, I got to see in things of God that I've never seen before. And man, y'all just got to revealing how good and great He is. And I want you to know it broke me down. It humbled me. It humbled me to hear about what God can do. There's so much in our life about what we can do and what our government's going to do and what our economy's going to do. It's good for a child of God to hear every now and then about what God can do. Man, I'm telling you, it humbles me. It breaks me down because you know why? I'm unworthy of it all. I'm unworthy. I am no good. Don't amen that. Praise the Lord. Y'all didn't amen that. But Brother Tim, that's exactly why I like that song. Because he had to reach way down for me. He had to reach way on down. And that humbles me and breaks me to the point and place that I lower myself. And when I lower myself, he becomes exalted. The lower I go, the higher he gets. Whew. And man, y'all got to sharing your stones. And boy, I kept looking up. Thank you, Lord. We need to be broken. We need to be humbled. We need to be reminded of the goodness and greatness of God. Boy, isn't He good? Isn't He worthy of it all? And we're so unworthy. So unworthy. God is worthy of our obedience. Man, I got to hear in these stories of all the things God's done. Man, it just made me want to obey Him. You know, God may know what He's doing. 
he might know what he's talking about. Man, we get in the Bible and we say, well, we think God can do this. Then when he does, we're like, oh, wow. Well, I didn't know he could do that. God can do anything, folks. All he said is listen and obey me. I'll do things like you ain't never seen before. If you listen and obey me. Man, these people got to tell these stories and these people sitting here that just lost their jobs. They got to hear Cathead, wherever, is Cathead here? There he is. You, you, you're sitting in a different place, Cathead. Every church needs a Cathead in their church right there. But you're the first testimony. You just had to talk about when God took care of you. And they were sitting there listening saying, well, if he can do, he can do it for Cathead, then surely he can do it for me. And as I hear these stones of testimony, we think, man, if God could do it for them, surely he could do it for me. But in this, we must be obedient to the Word of God and to the will of God and the direction of God. And through this obedience, God will deliver us and God will take care of us. Whew, God's worthy of our obedience. But He's also worthy of our attention. I want you to know this morning as I begin to talk about the stones of testimony, it ought to break something within your heart to compel you to be saved. And I can just think about Pepal sharing these stories that these kids would begin to break. And you know Pepal's purpose, he had a motive. Pepal always does, don't they? And he just began to talk about when he was making it about Israel and about Moses and all that. The real, what it was about was about God. And that child seeing God. And the whole purpose was for that little one to have a personal relationship with the mighty God of Abraham. With the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That God that parted the Red Sea. That God that, that delivered them through the blood of the Lamb. That God that rained manna down from heaven. That old man wanted them kids to see God through that. And they didn't want them just to shout and praise and holler and get all excited. But he wanted them to get humble and get obedient and just fall on their face and get saved. He wanted them to be in awe of the power of God. He wanted the power of God to show up that it just break them down to the point and place where they just said, God, save me. Save me. Do you realize today the most important thing in your life is what you're going to do with Jesus? If you're here this morning and you've never been saved, you need to be saved today. Today. If God can do it for me, He can do it for you. Miss V, if he can do it for you, he can do it for them. Brother Bobby, if he can save you, he can save anybody. <laughs> Whew. God's good. Thirteen years old. Sunday morning, just like this in the summertime. Daddy preaching on hell. Man, I tell you, Daddy knew. I thought he was looking into my life. Boy, I'd get so mad at him can't believe he's preaching on that, but God told him what to preach. He preached on hell that morning, and I sat back there, and I cried, and I cried, and I cried. I said, I ain't giving in. I ain't giving in. I went out crying like a baby. We got in the truck, and Dad said, what's wrong with you, boy? I said, Daddy, I'm lost. I need to be saved. 
We got there at 111 Paula Drive in West Monroe, Louisiana. I knelt on my knees and I asked Jesus to save me. That day he saved me. That day he cleansed me. That day he forgave me of everything I've ever done. He put a hope and a victory within my life. You say, preacher, why are you telling me that? Because that's one of my stones. Whew. 2004, August 17th. I've already given my heart to Jesus, but it was time for me to give my life to Jesus. I was a prodigal, running, 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 running. God called me to preach. I fell down on my face, August 17, 2004. I said, God, I'll do anything you need me to do. Just give me that joy back. Give me that peace back. You say, preacher, why are you telling me that? Because that's one of my stones. That's one of my stones. There's times that we couldn't pay the bills. Lacey, the bills got paid. Because God delivered us. There are times we left the doctor's office in tears, scared to death. But we're all good. Because God's been good. You say, preacher, why are you telling me this? Because it's just my stones. There's times that I thought that my back was against the wall and there's no way out. But God found a way. That's one of my stones. Oh, God's given me all kinds of stones. To show you and tell you how good He is. If He's good for me, He'll be good for you. Brother Jeff, it's so good to hear you sing that song. Every Sunday morning, I tell these folks, I can't save you, but I know a man who can. And folks, I can't deliver you, I can't save you, I can't forgive you, but I know a man who can this morning. God save your soul. Pepal, Memal, you keep sharing the stories that God has given you in your life. And don't you apologize for it. And children, listen. Listen. Mom and Daddy, tell those stories. Tell them over and over and over. I've told y'all a hundred times about how God saved me. You say, well, I'm tired of it. Well, I'm not. <laughs> so get used to it. Because it's one of my stones. And that's why I can celebrate and rejoice. Because I can go back to those stones. God's been good.